right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We are fired up because today we are freestyling. Give you a little look into, well, some crazy events headed our direction, some cool builds and some things. You know, I love this, bro. This is, to me, it's like, man, finally the the, the crescendo of all these people over the last couple of years. They've been kind of cooped up, but have been building and tinkering on their cars. They haven't had a chance or opportunity to get out. Now it's it's that time, man. It's that that moment where they could show off all their hard work, or maybe it's something that, you know, still is need of some work, but you can at least drive it to and from. You get to be around other people. You get like-minded individuals at a car show or a car race, and all of a sudden, man, that energy, that attitude, that that overall car enthusiast feeling gets all recharged and ready to rock. Oh, amen. I mean, I don't know about you, but I felt the cooped-upness. You know, I've been working from home uh, and the day jobs, you just don't get all the interactions and so many events have been either, you know, shut down, postponed or just kind of minimalized. And I think everybody is just antsy in the pantsy, you know, like yeah, get man. out. Like you said, all the things you've been either tinkering on, working on or just dreaming about and getting back to, you know, as simple as, you know, the cars and coffee around the block to, you know, maybe get out on the track days again to, you know, maybe a, you know, a badass cruise or car show or, or getting back into a museum. I mean, so many different fun elements, I think. I know, personally, I am 100% ready for and fired up, man. So I'm kind of turning my brain around this time of year into, you know, thinking about what I got to do to prep to be ready for all this stuff. You know, what equipment, you know, needs a little bit of battery charging, needs a little bit of, you know, tune up or maybe even a complete overhaul. All the, you know, the COVID stuff first hit, they locked down everything. I started a Facebook page out here in Colorado called the Masked Cruiser because they were telling us you, you couldn't do any like, car gatherings or anything like that. So the Masked Cruiser was just set up. Me and four, five, six hundred cars would show up and parade up and down their subdivision. Uh, we did an old folks home where all the, you know, the older people who were, you know, cooped up got to see all the cool cars and uh, a couple things like that throughout the the early part, the first year of the pandemic. Uh, that was that was always really fun, man. Uh, and as it got even sort of more drawn out, um, even more of that stuff was it was hard to find and hard to find 
you know, places to go and people to do it with. But now with so many of that, that, that guard and restrictions being let loose, man, it has, been a, uh, it has been really cool to see the energy, attitude, and enthusiasm around the massive swell of car shows and, you know, different venues that are offering race uh, packages and days and ways you can get out and just throw your car around some turns, rip it on the eighth mile, quarter mile, do some autocross stuff. Whatever your, you know, your vice is, uh, man, you can find a way and a means to do it nowadays, which is exciting. Uh, and, and like you, man, getting the car ready and getting it prepped, man, I can't wait. It's been, um, it's been a long time. I've had my, my street strip car. Uh, it's been down for about eight, nine months. And my race car, my race car I bring out this year for the first time in like seven or eight years, bro. So I'm excited about both of them. Oh man, you know, the more we talk about it, the more I'm getting fired up and, and, uh, you know, I hadn't really sat down. So this is kind of like, you know, like you said, freestyling, you know, I was thinking through what my summer is going to look like, uh, with the car scene. So as you're talking about, you know, things that are popping off in your head, I'm going to be taking some notes and be like, oh yeah, I got to get me some of that too. You know? Uh, so man, I'm thinking about my track car. I'm thinking about my hot rod. I'm thinking about some of the the big events to go to and you know now with with everything kind of unrestricted for the most part you know you might think of like road trips you know going places taking cool cars to you know to maybe just by yourself or with your significant other or a buddy or two but just you know getting some miles back in these vehicles and and being unrestricted yeah man so do you have anything on your horizon because for me one of my first events is coming up pretty fast and i'm just now putting my so i i've got a 1969 dodge charger it's a um so this charger is probably out of all the charges i have uh this one is probably the one that's in probably the roughest shape but it's still super clean for a 69 dodge charger street car you know it's one of those things that it's got a little bit of my flair and attitude on it we did some things when i did the, the paint body work back in the day that that you know it was big back in the i got that car like 98 or 99 uh painted it shortly thereafter um but you know i shaved the door handles and side markers so it's really slick uh and uh, I, it changed i made a little harder body line it tends to disappear a little bit over the rear you know the rear tire i, I kept that body line kind of hard throughout the the entire side of the car so it just sharpens it up and it's murdered out it's blacked out black windows black vinyl top um and the thing is for a street car for an old school street car um it puts down just over you know 1080 i think 1083 is the rear wheel horsepower on it the thing hooks in dirt but i'm gonna take it on a big hardcore venture this year uh i'm excited to uh to tell you about so imagine driving day in and day out racing your car every day for like a week if that sounds like something you're interested in yeah then uh you want to stick around so we'll tell you about that and more about the rides it is the two guys garage podcast kevin bird willie b we're back after the break it is the two guys garage podcast he is kevin bird i am willie b and fired up because if you're going to a car event if you're going to a race you're going to a car show the energy there has got to be over the top man uh finally after a couple years of you know being kind of restricted a little bit and told it's probably not best if you go out and socialize this has got to be the year to get out there and well get your hands dirty man get some of this crazy high octane excitement you know well i'm excited 
you know, one, to get to all these places, see all my friends, all these buddies, all these car folks, uh, but to see what everybody's been doing the last two years, right? How many new rides, new modifications uh, show up to whatever event you're going to, right? Because so many folks have spent, you know, tens of thousands of millions of dollars within the industry. You know, the, the whole, uh, you know, automotive aftermarket's been in a boom the last two years. Uh, so, you know, folks have been busy. I'm kind of geeked up to see what everybody's been doing. Yeah, me too, man. It's, you know, when I was at SEMA this past year, there was a lot of different cars and applications. It was sort of that, but still a little bit held back. Imagine this year, it's going to be even bigger and better. But man, you know, I was mentioning my, my 69 Dodge Charger, which is a, you know, pretty cool little street car out here in Colorado. Um, it puts down some, you know, some four digit horsepower, which out here in this altitude, it's a carburetor car. So out here, this altitude, that's saying something. A lot of people don't realize the difference. And, you know, being out here, at my house is at 67,000 or 6,700 feet. You know, the corrected altitude at a racetrack is 10, 11,000 feet every day you race. So it's hard making big power out here. But, you know, I've got this old car that is just fun. I'm going to do what they call Rocky Mountain Race Week this year, which is going to, you know, five different racetracks in five days. And you drive... You know, you put down, I, I want to say like 1,400 miles or 1,500 miles that week. It's a lot of driving in between, but it's it's a real test of man, machine, equipment, uh, ET. You average out the times. It's much a lot like Power Tour. You know, you, you got to do that or race week or something like that, you know? Yeah, so is this one geared up for drag racing for each one of the events? Yeah, it's like drag week, you know, where guys go out and they race the cars on a strip. They'll, they'll take the, you know, what the average of your times is. So if you make a hit on the track and it's good, you can leave. But if you don't get a good hit, you're sitting there making lap after lap trying to, you know, get that ET where you feel it should be. And then you leave the track, you drive however many miles for us it's several hundred, you know, to the next stop. You stay in a hotel. If you got to do any repairs, it can only be what you bring with you. Oh, man. And that's everything, tires, tools, and parts you have to carry with you. So a lot of cars have trailers. A lot of cars have trunks that are packed up. Um, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you're on a long haul. They change out tires when they get to the track. They make a hit there. As long as it's where they wanted it to be, they leave and go to the next track. And a lot of times, you're talking three, four hours in a car. So what's the total circuit distance that you guys travel to go? You got five tracks, right? Yeah. It's yeah. all Rocky Mountain? Yeah, it's all around the Rocky Mountain region. So it starts in Great Bend, Kansas. So we start out there. And we do the first, like, you got to get your car to Great Bend. Um, and they set it up a little bit different, but I know this year it's starting in Great Bend. So you start there, and you drive from there to, like, Pueblo, and then from Pueblo, you know, probably to Denver, and then from Denver, you know, up north somewhere. Um, but yeah, you're making you're making hits on you know four or five different tracks, four or five different days. You're averaging the ET in in that respected field, but you're logging, you know, it's it's fourteen, fifteen hundred miles by the time it's all said and done, and that's in summertime heat in traffic. Man, that sounds like a blast. So are you prepared? Are you ready? Or do you got to do a scramble to get this thing rolling? And when does it start? What, what, what month are we in? So it's June. This year is June 18th through the 24th. Okay. So you got a little bit of time. Yep. Yeah, he does, he does two of them. Uh, this year I'm looking forward to, yeah, putting a charger in there. And, and my charger, it ought to run, you know, if I'm leaning on it hard, the car ought to be a high eight-second streetcar. Um, I, I, the one thing I consider the Achilles heel of this car is, is the rear end. 
Um, it's got a strong eight and three quarter with all the aftermarket goodies in it, but it's still eight and three quarters, not a Dana 60. I did put a gear vendors in it just because I knew I was going to try yeah. to do this Rocky mountain race week. So I had to have a gear vendors in order to make those highway trips. Very smart move. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's got a dude, it's a, it's funny. Cause this car is, it's got a factory interior. It's got, you know, um, I, I built the console in it for my nitrous pr progressive controller and, and what I need as far as, you know, to control, you know, my, my power adder, but really it's an NA motor, 542 cubic inches, Indy head, um, hydraulic roller cam. Uh, it's a, you know, it's just a good trustworthy setup that I've run on a couple of my cars, but it's always pretty nasty in power. I just turned this one up just a little bit. Um, as far as the cam and, and what I'm going to throw at it with my nitrous kit. So, uh, you know, doing the gear vendors. And I also ordered a, a much larger cooling system. My cooling system would somewhat, it would get fatigued, you know, in traffic. It, it wouldn't have enough circulation through the fans to, uh, to really keep it cool because in, in bumper-to-bumper traffic, it would start to heat up after a little bit. So I think I've got the, the right cooling system on the car now. Um, I'm just finishing that up and I should actually light the fire cause I got new heads on it. Um, I O-ringed, uh, the heads in the block and, and went with a little stronger nitrous setup. So I'm safe there. I got brand new internals. So I feel pretty confident in the car, uh, in the transmission, the rear end, if I can get the Dana 60 in it before, uh, I head out and do the, uh, do the event, then I'll, I'll definitely will take a shot at it. If not, I'm going to try to rock it with that eight and three quarter. <laughs> uh, it's strong. It's a strong Mopar rear end, but I'm going to put it to the test, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've been putting a lot of, a lot of sweat equity in this thing and prepping and thinking through it. So when are we going to, when are we going to put some heat in this thing? When are you going to go do your little trial runs and make sure, uh, you know, one, you can, you know, spank it down the drag strip and two, uh, you can hit the, you know, the stop and go traffic scenario. Yeah, well, I just got the radiator in the car, did all the fab work and mounted that up um, this past weekend. Uh, I did some, a little bit of tunnel work to make the gear vendors fit in there properly. I've got my drive shaft. Uh, I got to drop down this week and get it shortened up a little bit from, the, uh, from what it was because the gear vendors unit is, is a little lengthy addition you put on your transmission. So I'm going to get that chopped down, and then it's, then it's just, you know, it's test hits. It's some seat time. Uh, I've got a few race events already I'm signed up for, so I'm looking forward to um, to getting some practice laps and that thing soon. And then, you know, my brother who's been, you know, been really, he's been aggressive in some of the Holly Dominator tuning and stuff. He's getting my race car the second week of May, so he's going to finish up the Holly Dominator setup, tell the computer, the laptop, where everything is and what the parameters of, of, of everything is for that Holly system. So I'm looking forward to getting that car out on the drag strip. Um, I'm running nothing but pure alcohol in that thing. It ought to that car ought to be low seven, high six second quarter mile car. It ought to it, that thing ought to dance. It ought to get down. It should be upwards of 2,500 horsepower and everything you could handle as far as the chassis. It's it's got a great chassis to it. So, a couple big you know sort of racing uh, events coming for me this year. I'm excited. Fantastic, man. I'm speaking of, uh, I'm I'm stoked to get back on the track. I've got a little. Uh, you know, track day car, you know, have you seen it? It's a, a stripped down Miata, which isn't too exciting, but it's fully stripped down. You know, it's got a four point, you know, cage in it and harness and race seats. Uh, the thing weighs nothing, but it's got an Ecotec engine swap in it. So it actually makes some decent power. So the power to weight on that thing, 
this little bad boy will keep up with most of the big dogs, at least on the tight tracks, you know? Yeah. And it's so cheap. It was easy to get into. I split it with a buddy. Uh, you know, you don't have to worry about throwing it into a wall. You just pull off whatever corners are still good and throw it on another one. Uh, but it looks pretty bitching. It's set up nice. It's stanced real low. Uh, but, you know, my buddy got sidetracked. You know, I was too busy and he wanted to get into a, a let's say, a more high performance motor uh, and had a, an engine builder build one up for him. And uh, I think this guy got a little over his head. You know, the engine builder <laughs> went too high on the compression, messed up the burn rate on it. Uh, he took it out for a couple of, you know, hardcore events, uh, ended up smoking that motor. So it's been sitting for the last year and it's about time we get back on this bad boy, pull that motor out. We'll get the old one back in there, start really building up, you know, the spare nicely, but bottom line, getting back on the track and getting some seat time. So I'm going to get a couple of events lined up this year and man, that's, that's really going to kind of tickle me in all the right places to get me started yeah man one of the places i go has a road course and drag strip all integrated into one so i get hit, i get hit the the road course whenever i'm out there i've i got a, a pretty wicked you know modern camaro that we do and and it's it's about 740 horsepower it's perfect for a oh, track yeah, day it's got work, all the, you know the the big suspension components on it and uh my little bmw with the ls swap is always a really rad fun little righteous track car so i i tend to hit that on the autocross circuit here in town so yeah man like you said just throwing around turns bends getting out of the road course i love that competitive spirit i love just pushing the car and seeing what you can do you know always trying to get a little better than your last time slip uh that to me is the big challenge now what do you do as far as prepping is there a way that you that you you know if your car has been sitting for a while I, i've kind of got a checklist that i go through you know, checking, the, obviously, the fluids, the tires, if the oil's been sitting in it for a long time, I'll go ahead and change that. Um, but is there anything you do to get your car ready to race? Yeah, and no, I got the same thing, you know. A full checklist, and then depending on how long it's been sitting or, you know, how I ran it. So, obviously, like, uh, if you've done a track day, it's, you know, bleed all the fluid and the, and the brakes. You know, so if it hasn't been to a track day, if I'm not going to a track, then, you know, that might be, you know, like you said, checking all the other fluids. Um but yeah, most of them it's, you know, get the old battery charger, you know, make sure that yeah. thing is topped up. Um, you know, fluids for one, make sure they're all good. Um, you know, tires, man, that's something that you forget a lot of times. Uh, just sitting over, you know, the course of a winter. Uh, you go fire the thing up and you're like, woohoo, I'm ready to just go. And next thing you know, you, you, you zip off down the road and you're like, uh, wait a minute. You know, I'm like 10 PSI low on a couple tires here. Uh, yeah. So that's an easy one to kind of forget. But you got to check the actual, you know, condition of the tires because, you know, tires age, they'll start to crack and split and dry rot What, what people don't realize, man, is how much damage the sun can do. Out, out where I'm at here in Colorado, being a mile higher than most people are in this country, man, the sun is by far the most damaging sort of condition and element you have to defend against, especially when it comes to tires. Like your tire could be a year or two old, and if it sits in the sun every day, you know, full exposure. Yeah. Oh my God, you'll have massive cracks, leaking, um, and so forth. It's awful out here. And something, you know, a lot of people, like you said, they don't necessarily contend with. You know, there's a reason you always see RVs with the covers on the tires. Take some wisdom from those guys. You know, the sun is bad, bad, bad on your tires, on your compound, on your rubber. It dries it up, rots it out, it uh, eats it away. And man, once it does that, you lose that integrity of the tire. So things get sideways on the track really fast. Yeah, and it seems like tires kind of work like a lot of things. They want to be used. 
you know like just sitting yeah. in the sun seems like it it deteriorates them a lot faster than if you're actually you know think about your uh, daily driver you're driving that thing all the time in the sun but you're moving the yeah. tire it seems like you're kind of moisturizing it or something you know so uh especially if it's been sitting around like a trailer or a car that's been sitting around all winter uh check the condition of the tire not just the air pressure you know yeah yeah i always you know for a lot of my carburetor cars um i always check the floats make sure there's no debris in there uh run through the carburetor make sure it's you know all the orifices are clean uh check the power valve make sure that you know the cam on the carburetor is not leaking i tend to run a lot of these old carburetor cars because you know my setup is drag but i'm obviously getting a little bit more of the fuel injection stuff um but man it's uh it's something that's you, you got to do or it's going to be a big pain uh, when you're broke down on the side of the road and something is either, you know, given away, gone away, uh, dry rotted away, or, um, you know, you beat it to oblivion and it's uh, to the point of catastrophic failure. Um, there's definitely a checklist. Maybe let's go over that and talk about some other events we're going to be in. we got to take a break right now. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. And we're back after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird and I am Willie B. We are fired up, man. Talking about, you know, just racing season. And racing season could be anything. It could be, you know, the on-ramp to the interstate, man. But it's time to get it on. <laughs> yeah, race into that that free donut at the Cars and Coffee before yeah, they're man. all gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. It could be just get your car out and, you know, getting around a bunch of like-minded buddies, showing off your hot rod, what you've been able to work on over the last couple of years. Um, man, the energy and attitude and enthusiasm out there is, I don't know, that's ever been bigger. Now, there are some big shows, some must-attends, really, in the whole world of car enthusiasts. you got to get up, you know, to Detroit because, man, you guys got a couple of the biggest shows and a couple of the biggest just cruising events out there that Woodward Cruise has got to be something that you know if you ever get a chance or opportunity in your lifetime to do it for me it's like Bonneville right once I I did Bonneville I've been out there seven different times it's just something you, you got to get in your blood uh, I'm assuming the same thing with the Woodward Cruise and what all that entails Woodward Dream Cruise is mind-blowing like I, I don't think most people can even fathom how big it is you know it connects multiple cities and it's nonstop the whole way. You can cruise up and down from city to city from, uh, you know, Ferndale's kind of, you know, everybody's familiar with the uh, eight mile movie, you know, from Eminem. So eight miles to Detroit borderline with the burbs. So right there about nine mile Ferndale goes all the way up through Royal Oak, uh, all the way up through Birmingham, all the way up to Pontiac. Pontiac's another city like way up there. And it's, it's pretty much lined non-stop you know the cars obviously in the i believe it's mostly four lanes on either side so like eight lanes with a median it's packed the cars can barely even move they're crawling and then everything lined up on either side every parking lot every strip of grass is piled with people and cars every parking lot has a different <laughs> you know they'll like different car groups so kind of like you know, shack up at the Shell station, they'll pack that one. The restaurant next door will be packed and so on and so on and so on. So you can enjoy it from either sitting in a lawn chair and watching cars endlessly go by to, you know, walking up and down miles and miles 
looking to one side and seeing them cruising, look at the other side and seeing the car show, the the different car clubs hanging out. I mean, are there places where you know where the Chevelles meet, where the Camaros meet, where the Mopar guys will meet, where the Ford guys meet uh, and crash their Mustangs? Are there places where each <laughs> each brand goes to uh, to you know find uh, their click? Absolutely, and you know in the heyday. So we'll see you know how quickly everything comes back uh, post COVID, but. You'd have you know, the OEs, so you'd have obviously all the car clubs and the clicks, but you'd have the OEs there with different presence, you know, uh, showing off different, you know, Ford racing stuff, the Mopar, you know, performance stuff. Uh, and then, you know, the suppliers like the Eatons and, and the Brembos and, you know, setting up displays all over the place. But it's so interesting how it's hodgepodged all over and intermixed. And, you know, you can go into one kind of, you know, downtown area and then just take off veer off to the left or the right and downtown will be a whole car show in itself and different events set up and you'll st- see a lot of times uh you know very first time you might see a new car like you know i saw the c8 vet uh for the first time displayed you know right there in downtown birmingham you know like oh wow the first time i get to see this thing in a big glass case um so it's it's phenomenal man i i think it's over million and something people and you know number of cars uh you can't see it all and and it used to be saturday uh so all day saturday and then that wasn't enough so then it was friday and then thursday friday and so pretty much all through the week you know monday through saturday uh you know if you can go during the day it's a little quieter but by the evening time you can jet out of work head down to Woodward Avenue, I mean, it's just jam-packed. So you could have a cruise every single night of the week and then complete blowout on Saturday. That's awesome, man. That's definitely something I need to, uh, I just need to, to plug into. I've never, I've always heard about it. I've never been able to get up there and see it, but I definitely want to bring a car and just say, you know, I want to bring my uh, 58 and a half Dodge Custom Royal. Yeah. I got a, a D500 that, that is it's a sinister looking car. It's absolutely a mobster car with big eyebrows and personality and a crazy snarly grill. Um, it's one I think would go well up there and people would kind of bug out on a little bit. But yeah, man, from modern muscle to hot rods to rat rods to old timies to man, everything in between. I bet that is one amazing cruise. I've even seen one year where they, they shut Woodward down and let like, you know, like full deal, like race cars blast off and race a quarter mile down Woodward. Like, you know, like rail cars get after it. <laughs> yeah, well, they've got uh, roadkill nights. You know, the roadkill guys have whole events set up. Uh, they'll shut down part of the, you know, Woodward and have drag, you know, drag events. Uh, it's it's cool. There are so many different events and things that are going on. Um, and, and it's just unique and it's interesting the way it's set up because it's... Um, you know, it, it's somewhat organized, uh, and it's so organic, just like whatever goes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. Definitely something to put on the calendar. When is that? When does that normally happen? What's the, the timeline? I think, if I remember right, that's usually like the second Saturday weekend of August. So you got a little bit of time to think and plan. Um, and then we've got the M1 concourse. So they built that, you know, Pontiac, you know, over the years has kind of died down a little bit. So... Uh, there was a lot of land available right next to downtown, right off of Woodward. Uh, so M1 Concourse, we've had them on the, the podcast here. Uh, they built, you know, the car condo garages, whole lifestyle thing, the whole track. 
Uh, so they, you know, just like I mentioned before, they have a whole event themselves uh, leading up into Woodward. So I think uh, Friday I'm going to maybe hook up with those guys and, and, and uh, connect with uh, Christy Lee and some other folks, uh, you know, maybe do some uh, some fun stuff there on Friday and, and probably hang out with my, my little Beamer hot rod there as well, my little LS3 swap in it. Um, so that's going to be a fun one, man. So yeah, if you're anywhere in the area, you should check it out. And if you're not in the area, we get folks flying their cars in from Australia just to be a part of the Dream Cruise. Yeah, that's nuts, man. <laughs> uh, but so damn cool. All right, well, you know, is there any other events that have you wound as, as hard as, you know, the Woodward Cruise does? Or um, are you just looking forward to, you know, just get back and getting some seat time uh, in your little track car? Yeah, I'm going to try to get up. I haven't been yet. Murray Paff, a friend of ours, uh, he, he's usually a design judge up at the St. Ignace Car Show. So that's the north end of Michigan. That's way up there just as you get over into the UP. Um, so I'm going to try to hit that one. That's a pretty big car show, thousands thousands of cars. Uh, so that might be another cool car event. And then, you know, man, just the small stuff, just the hanging with your buddies. I, I live right around the corner from Lingenfelter. And, uh, man, they used to have just fantastic cars and coffees. And it's just the coolest thing to wake up, you know, uh, not crack of dawn, but, you know, just kind of wake up, rub your eyes a little bit, go out in the garage, fire up the machine, and just kind of cruise over, hang out with your buddies, look at the cool new cars. And, of course, Lingenfelter's always got something cool there, or many somethings cool there. Grab your coffee, hang with your boys. So I'm looking forward to doing, you know, not just that one, but just kind of all over town, man, catching back up on a lot of the stuff that we've missed out on. Yeah, Detroit's got to be such an epicenter for all things automotive and, you know, that whole world. It lives there. It thrives there. Everybody that's, you know, living in the suburbs there works at one of the automotive plants. So you imagine the car scene around there is just epic. Uh, especially the old school stuff. You know, like you can go to California and that's a car scene, but you're going to see McLarens and you're going to see, you know, a Bugatti here or there. Uh, and, and, hey, man, I'm all about those. Uh, and you're going to see a lot of old school stuff, but uh, Detroit's got a lot of the just old school, the muscle cars, a lot of stuff I would say with grit, you know, grit. And then you got the OE's presence there too. So there, you're always seeing, you know, maybe a car in camouflage, uh, you know, or you're seeing the OE's kind of like, you know, letting some of the new models out, ripping around up and down. It, it's, it's cool. You never know what you're going to see, what you're going to find, stumble on. Yeah, man. Well, between, you know, what you got going on up there, obviously for me, it's just going to be some racing stuff. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting my, my old school out. There's a couple of Rock and Rumbles uh, events that I'm hosting that uh, allow me to dust off some of the old school cars. But, yeah, man, it looks to be a fantastic year. And regardless of what you got, how it's built, how it's hung together, um, I'm just excited. I remember the days, man, where I used to slap a rim, a set of, a set of rims of my 74 Nova. Man, I was so happy about that car. The rear quarter's doing a disappearing act, um, rusted all to hell. But, man, I was so proud. Nothing like seeing the guy with the, you know, the clunker junker at the car wash, man, put the polish on it, shining up because he had a car show to go to. Uh, that gets me excited, man, because that was me. My first, my first Dodge Charger was – well, my first car was a 71 Dodge Charger. I always wanted a second gen. When I was finally able to get that car, I was probably 24, 25 years old, still have it. But that thing was three or four different colors. Half of the driver's seat was duct tape. 
Um, the thing would leave a, an oil stain like a Harley everywhere I went. It would just leak oil everywhere. Um, but, man, you couldn't have found a happier kid pushing around a 70 Dodge Charger with a small block 318 in it than I was. Um, it, it really shows a lot about the people behind the cars, man. I don't care what it is. If you're proud of it, have fun driving it, get it out. <laughs> well, that's exactly, you know, the kind of thing that I'm excited about with just the cars and coffee and then the hanging out and the cruising, right? And the dream cruise and all that stuff is just every single person out there being excited no matter what they got, you know? And you can all intermingle and you can all, you know, check out the, the progress or the dreams or the excitement or the stories. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's going to be great. For sure, man. Um, all right. Well, look. Check out a uh, check out Bird's Ride, man. It's a it's a SEMA build. It's a nasty, cool BMW with an LS3 in it. He's working on a future project, a really nasty Mustang build that I can't wait to see. Um, maybe we'll catch up on that build in a future podcast. I know you're getting excited about that. Um, any other car uh, car things happening in your world? Any uh, pivot shifts? Any uh, I don't know cars acquired over the last uh, several months that you can share with us? Well, I. I tell you, it's a non-car thing, but it's going to compete big time. I, as you know, man, I just picked up that Husqvarna. I got a little Husky 350, little four-stroke dirt bike, 2020, man. It is fresh. I picked it up right before winter. Uh, I upgraded my, my motocross boots, so I'm going to be riding in comfort now. I won't have those pinch points and nice. cramped toes. So, man, I am so fired up to hit the trails. So it's going to be interesting, you know, this early part of summer, to see uh, the balance between the trails and the hot rods and of course uh, I'm all about getting on the water so I got a lot of competitive things going on but the automotive space man it's screaming at me loud and I'm listening <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good to hear my friend good to hear and that's the exact reason I have a motocross track in my backyard <laughs> oh man yep, but you have a yep. lake in yours so it's tied um all right man yeah. Well, look, you guys, make sure you check out the show. It airs weekends on the Motor Trend Network. We sure appreciate you checking out the podcast, that's for sure. If you can't find us on the Motor Trend Network, though, pitch a fit. You can also find us on Motor Trend Plus, which is their streaming, and that's a great resource to find us. Uh, no guest today, so shout out to our producer, Scoop, executive producer, Bob Ecker, my man, Kevin Bird. Yeah, right. And don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com, and we're everywhere on social. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. Now, Two Guys Garage podcast, it's copyright 2022, Brenton Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. Nice, brother. Man. All right, have fun, man. I'm going to go work on my 69 Charger. <laughs> yeah, dude, I got a bit of sweat equity. Sounds like you do too to get all prepared. So, hey, guys, get your rides ready, and we will see you out there and have some Back, fun. man. We'll catch you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast, you guys. Two Guys Garage podcast is produced by Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.